Welcome to episode number 173 of Take Him With You for May 27th, 2012. You can see how tired I am tonight. Anyway, welcome everybody. Today is a fun episode, very informative. Today we're in Ruth chapter 3. We're talking about a really cool story from the Bible and how it relates to our life. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. Plus, um, gee, I got my tooth pulled. We're going to talk about our visit to the nursery, um, the Kirby vacuum people that invaded our home, and more. So stick around. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. We'll be right back. What did you think of that cool music? Mm, well, I made that on GarageBand. Okay. Along with my synthesizer. Do, 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 do. And along with some sound effects. Yeah, it kind of seemed sci-fi, scary, spooky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I actually had done the music for another project, but ended up not using it, and so I used it for our podcast. Fun, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got leftovers. Leftovers. Yeah. Well, that anyway, works. here we are. We're doing the podcast now, uh-huh. but it sounds like both of us are kind of tired on our lips, so this ought to be an interesting podcast. Well, um, as we've said on our podcast many times, it frequently rains here in northwest Washington. Yeah. Um, northwest, yeah. We're actually southwest Washington, but northwest of in the United States. So it rains a lot. So this a last those last week it rained just about every day. Yeah. And the forecast was for it to be sunny today. Uh-huh. So we tried to take advantage of that and I tried to work outside quite a bit and we went on a, a little adventure together. Which we'll share in just a moment. Mm-hmm. So, so stick around and plus today is uh part three in our series Truth in Ruth. Mm-hmm. And it's also Memorial Day weekend if you're in the United States. Yeah, but if you're not in the United States, it's not. Yeah. So we'll be right back and we'll talk about all of that and more. I'll take him with you. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. He finally put out the podcast I've been waiting for. I think I might have heard you listening to a bit of it. Um, You and our longtime friend, Don um, Miller, Donnie Mm -hmm. Miller, um, recorded a little segment for that. I actually called him on my cell phone. Hadn't talked to him in a long time, but 20-some years ago, uh, he and I and his dad and his brother all played Space Quest Mm. on a Tandy 1000. 
in their front room. And our buddy, Joe from Canada, uh-huh. on the Upper Memory Block podcast, covered the entire Space Quest saga. Mm-hmm. It was really well done. And I'm very, very happy to say that uh, you need to listen. to If you are any any bit of a geek when it comes to computer games... This is a really cool show. It's brand new. You know, he's only had like, what, five, six episodes out. But every one of them has been great. He's really got a knack for podcasting. And I think it's a niche that I don't, I've not heard really anybody else cover. And it's just about the old video games that came out. Now, next time, Mm -hmm. he's going to do this really cool podcast on the hardware that it took to run these games. Because, you know, now we have... Lots faster computers than we did then. Now, are these just all computer video games? Or is he doing like old Atari games or old, um, you know, those those? You big... know, I didn't ask him, but that would be kind of... Maybe, maybe he would do a show on different gaming systems like the Atari 2600 or 5200 or whatever. They were different ones. That would be really cool, maybe in television and different stuff. I don't know if he'll do that or not, but uh, there's a suggestion there, Joe, if you're listening. And there's the old games that you and I used to play, like at um, the Burger Barge down in Raymond, <laughs> where where they had, you know, the the big machines that. Oh, had, you mean like the the stand up yeah, video games the in the asteroids arcades? Asteroids that you sat at, or Pac Man, Doom, 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 Doom. Like that? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really care for asteroids that much, but I did have fun. Nobody wants to get asteroids. They don't feel good at all. um, I did play um, (laughs) Pac-Man. I'm just totally ignoring you. Waka, 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 waka. By the way, did you ever see the new Muppet movie? I have not yet, but did that waka, waka remind you of the new one? Yeah. Fozzie Bear. We're really getting off there. That's not even. We're like getting so random tonight. It's random, random. Well, I was just talking about Joe's podcast, so just chill out, girl. Okay. Waka, 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 waka. Oh. Anyway, great podcast. Go check him out over at um, at the UMB podcast. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great show, Joe. We really enjoyed it. Well, I did. My wife hasn't listened, listened to it, but she to will this week. Yeah. This week she will. Because she has you on uh, Stitcher, Stitcher Radio. Radio. Smart Radio. Mm-hmm. The wonderful application that if you download on your Android or Oh, or your uh, your Apple device, or even on the web. Now, if you download it, you can listen to your favorite a, podcast. I have a Stitcher Radio question okay, for well, you. Okay, well, just give me. Let me do the spiel. Okay. You can listen to your favorite podcast without having to download them to your device, thus saving precious hard drive space and not clogging up your cloud. Go to Stitcher Radio. It's actually Stitcher dot com. I got one of those messages just yesterday. What messages? That my um my iPhone was full or like Going almost to be full? full and so I had 3 months worth of my daily audio bible on there so I went yeah. and deleted a bunch that I'd already listened How to. How many gigs did you get back? I'm not sure, but I took a whole month off that I listened to. There is never, ever, 
ever enough storage in the universe. Yeah. Well, I should listen to more things on. And I do have the Daily Audio Bible on. What's up with that? What's up with that? I do have the Daily Audio Bible on Stitcher Radio. Memory on your iPhone, yeah. Okay. Ooh-wee. What's up with that? Oh, What's no. up with that? Let's, let's go What's on. up? Okay, you better <laughs> stop or you're going to get that. hit over the head with the microphone in my hand. So Ow. Behave that's, yourself. And that's, that is my microphone that is seen many a day. Yes, it's a My favorite microphone. broadcasting microphone that I use for all my voiceovers. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a fancy microphone that you buy from some fancy place. It is my trusty old... 25-year-old Shure SM58. It's been through everything. Yep, Yep, that's what it is. It's dented. The paint has come off of it, and it still works the best out of any of my microphones. How many places has this microphone been? It's been... It's been everywhere. It's been everywhere, yeah. It's been everywhere. Yep. Oh, boy, this is going to be a long night. It's never been out of the state of Washington. It didn't ever go to Mexico with you? Oh, it may have. Never mind. Never mind. It went probably down Oregon and California California into into the Baja, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so you took this with the boombox. It's my microphone. You used to have this really big um, stereo thing. big stereo boombox. Very and, big. It looked like a giant bowl. And you could actually plug, I think. It's a big tube you could with bass on it and everything. You plug a microphone, microphone right into, into it. Microphone into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could preach anywhere. Well, it's not only that, but you could rap. And you could. Could you plug a guitar into it too? Yeah. Yeah, your acoustic electric. Well, I never did really, guitar, but uh, whatever. Okay. So can we tell, talk All about, that about what the we UMB did this podcast. morning? Because I was really excited about what we did this morning. Can All right, we everybody, talk it's, about that now? Just a minute. Ready? Okay. Here we go. Just check this out. Jen, take it away. So what's going on around the Moyer household? Let's find out. Here's Rick and Amy. That's so we sound professional. Okay. Anyway, Jen, thanks for doing our cool voiceover stuff. We, By the way, Jen is going to do some cool voiceover work that she doesn't probably even know we've done yet um, over the uh, Trex and Sci-Fi podcast when my friend Chris, mm-hmm. from all the way from Florida, mm-hmm. he did voice or voiceover. He did a whole episode of Trex and Sci-Fi with me on the Planet of the Apes franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we didn't monkey around, I'm telling you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not my favorite movie. I think everybody's going to ha- find it very appealing. Uh-huh. Yeah. All about the Planet of the Apes. That's as, coming up. As long Not- as they don't go bananas. Oh, you're cute. <laughs> Every time I hear Planet of the Apes, I think, you hoo I want to be like you hoo I want to walk like you, talk like you. That that wasn't pun the apes. No, it was Jungle Book. Yeah, I know. Anyway, that's going to be next week on the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast. You'll have to uh, download it and listen to it. Okay. Download it and listen to Planet of the Apes. 
Oh, mercy. Can you imagine if they actually would have done Planet of the Pigs? It would have been completely different. Get your hands off me, you darn dirty pig. Okay. Oh, like I said, this is going to be a long podcast tonight. Would you like to talk about what's going around What's going around the Moyer house? <laughs> Sounds like some pig snorts are going around the Moyer house. I'm, I'm, I'm so distracted tonight because the stitches in my mouth are bugging the crud out of me. Okay, so I guess you can talk about your sad story first. Oh, I don't. Nobody needs to hear my sob story. And then and then I can talk about happy things. Woohoo, I got my tooth pulled, whatever. Yeah, well, that wasn't that much fun. Tuesday morning, ripped out of my skull. My, I'm not a vampire anymore. I, one of my vampire teeth is missing. Yeah. The technical term is a bicuspid. I think that's the name of it. Or maybe just a cuspid. I don't know. I'm not a dentist. I don't care. Canine tooth. They didn't call it a canine. All I know is that he numbed me up and gave me the choice of a root canal or a rip out. I took the rip out. Yeah. A lot cheaper. And now I look like a hillbilly. Uh, Not exactly. It's it's kind of on the side. I smile and I look like snagglepuss. No. Yeah, I do. No, you can't even see it. Boy, howdy, mushmouse. It's Let's go down to the river and catch us some crawdads. It, it's on the bottom. And you shouldn't talk like that. We might have some people listening to the podcast that like crawdads. I like crawdads. They taste like little lobsters. Oh, they look like bugs. No, no. You can go, oh. <laughs> Cousin Bob? Cousin Bob, shall we partake of the small little lobsters? Hmm. This, is, this is going nowhere real quick. So I got my tooth pulled. Wow, wow, wow. And they gave me two stitches to stop the bleeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really actually was the, the easiest extraction I've ever had. And I've had many. And uh, never really hurt again. All I know now is that the stitches are supposed to dissolve. But right now, it feels like I have a wad of, of um, like string okay, in that, my mouth. Let's change the subject. That's like. Uh, what? You don't want a wad of string in your mouth? Okay, honey. No. Here I could be like chewing tobacco. Okay. We need to like rewind this podcast about 10 minutes now. Okay. So now. Why don't you share your more exciting. Now on to more happy moments. Because I did get a lot of work this week. So we can talk about that in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah. This is my wife talking about what happened at our house this week. Not talking Uh, about a pulled tooth or wads of string in her mouth. uh, Okay. Or monkeys or apes. So. Mother's Day was was Mother's Day last week? No. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago was Mother's Day. And yeah, it was. My daughter gave me some money Moolah. and told me, go buy yourself your dream flower basket. Because I wanted a. You don't buy your dream flower basket with 15 bucks. Well, you know. Yeah, I didn't say how much she gave me. Oh, sorry. So. So I I wanted to go out to this one nursery because I went out there last year. But unfortunately, it didn't work out to go last weekend. It didn't. No. So I I asked you if you would go with me this weekend. And I said. um, That you would, I guess. Watch it. So. (laughs) 
so I went. So we drove. It, it's about 20 minutes away from our house. Yeah. And um, the lady who does it, the reason why I wanted to go there, she makes these beautiful, beautiful, large hanging baskets for the city of Montesano, which mm-hmm. is just 10 minutes away. You can see our YouTube and video and you can see pictures of the hanging baskets by going to youtube.com forward slash rick moyer seven 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 i picked out some vegetables <coughs> and a few little things to plant in our garden and man she was ticked because you picked vegetables from her garden and that no, was just I, not good i picked out some vegetable starts plants oh, okay. plants that will will hopefully produce vegetables oh, i guess we can go back there i now. planted them and put lots of eggshells and slug bait got your broccoli <laughs> We got broccoli and we got <laughs> cucumbers mm-hmm. and and squash, cabbage and cabbage mm-hmm. and we got purple cabbage and green cabbage. Monkey flowers. And oh, monkey I got monkey flowers. again. <laughs> oh no, we're on a monkey roll roll of yeah, anyway. Monkey flowers and then we got two hanging baskets that are okay, beautiful. Okay, now the hanging baskets. I was so excited about it because you were so excited you just couldn't hide it. I you were about so to lose control excited. and you thought you liked it. Okay, the reason why I was so excited is that she had a couple of pots that she had experimented with this year. A lot of people experiment with pot. No, not pot. <laughs> hanging basket pots. Ah, mercy. Okay. People are going to think that you've been experimenting <laughs> if you don't start behaving yourself. Oh, they'll weed it all out. It'll be okay. Oh, no. So, um, so she, <laughs> oh, I was going to get this one that looked pretty nice for um, $35. Yeah, they were kind of For a 12-inch pot. We looked at some other ones and... Um, and she had some in the back that she didn't really like the pots as well. They were kind of unique ones that had like holes on the side, and um, they were they looked like flying saucers. Yeah, Rick thought they looked cool because they looked kind of sci-fi. Yeah, so I said and that she must goes, be for us. Well, if if you would like them uh, or like one. Um, I'll give it to you for twenty dollars, which is half off. Which is half off. So. Um, so we ended up getting two hanging baskets for the price of one. Just like certs, two, I was, two, two flowers in one. I was really excited because I thought I would. Only We've never get one had this pretty basket. of hanging baskets. They before. are gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, usually, usually I go down to Walmart and I just recycle my old cheapo hanging baskets. And, and they look very pretty. And put a few little things in, but, but they, they don't, don't look, look like this. anything like these. These are way, way better. <laughs> Usually by the end of the summer, they start going over the top because I put like, you know, $4 worth of little tiny yeah. little things in there yeah. and, and they don't really show up hardly at all at first because they're just these little Well, these ones are very unique. And you, like beautiful. I said, you can see pictures of them and video of them. Yeah. If you go to YouTube dot com or, forward slash rick moyer or seven 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 to our facebook page and um oh maybe maybe m- they can find it if moyer, they keep scrolling through um, rick moyer rick dot yeah, moyer dear rick dot moyer i'm you're sorry what I'm, what's I, up amy dot moyer <laughs> you're amy dot moyer the, the reason why i'm, I'm amy dot moyer. dot moyer is because someone already had just amy moyer so i there's more than one amy moyer in the world and I let me tell you so. that's weird 
because there's more than one Rick Moyer in the world. There's too. lots of Rick Moyers, yeah. One of them is an attorney, and then the other one's a scientist. And then there's, there's one that's past- a bad guy that's in jail. Really? Yeah, he was a wrestling coach and got in trouble for being bad. Really? There's several Rick Moyers that are pastors. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Thank you, Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one. One that, down yeah. in Oregon. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, that was my exciting news that I finally got to go. Ear, girl. I finally Lowly got to go voice. to the nursery. Yeah, you and got to And so to I was nursery. very, very excited about that. And then That's I right. came home and I worked really hard weeding out weeds. Uh-huh. And Yeah, but, you know, planting. here's what happens. We come home. We unload the thing. Oh, I break one of the, nightmare. I break one of the, um, the the flowers when I get it out yeah. of the car, and a bunch of my yellow flowers fell on the ground, yeah. broken, ripped apart from their stem for the rest of their life. They're dead. So the hanging basket doesn't look as nice as it did. It, it still looks pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So we get them put on the porch, and we're starting to unwind. We're gonna have a little bit of lunch, and then Amy's gonna work on the garden, and I'm gonna work on a couple projects on the computer. And it's a beautiful day and everything. And then all of a sudden, oh, and then just a minute. I had that all timed out too. And then all of a sudden, we thought they were Jehovah Witnesses coming up to the door. Which you kind of like talking to about yeah, your faith to people. I don't you know? mind talking to Jehovah Witnesses. If they take the time to come to my door, I take the time to talk to them about how God has changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we were like. I actually pray that they come to my door and they never do hardly. So I was thinking I maybe think you, these people. I think people you've are, been X'd out. but Yeah, probably on the, the list of the no, go to list. his house. Don't go to that guy's house. He's crazy. Yeah. But these people came waltzing up to our home and started talking like they knew us for thousands of years. Yeah. Or at least a few. It was really weird because they, you know, most people will stand at your gate and then These ask walk right if they up can to our porch. In and talk. One of them even asked to use our bathroom. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Hi, I'm just randomly walking down the street and I'd like to use your bathroom. Mm hmm. And we've been taught not to do that. But my son owns guns, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, but. Yeah. You can use my bathroom, just don't steal anything. Yeah, what's he going to steal in the bathroom, our toilet paper? No, but he might have taken our <laughs> cocaine collection and the, you know, the opiate drugs in the in the cabinet there. Um, we don't have okay, any. Okay, we don't have any. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, who were they, dear? <laughs> oh, they were Kirby salespeople. Kirby vacuum sales salesmen. And and I well, they're sure modern. They they all use texting now. That was so goofy. They were using text messages, and they were cell phones. Oh my gosh! Okay, so they say they're gonna they want to do a half hour demonstration of their Kirby. They're gonna clean one of our carpets. They said you can choose a room and clean a floor. And I'm like, nah, nah. And they go, no, no, really, we won't sell you. We don't try to sell you anything, you know. And it's only gonna take a half hour. Blah 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 blah. And we're looking at each other. Well, we were going to clean the... I was thinking to myself, well, I was going to clean the front room carpet, so maybe I'll have them do it because it's free. So what did we do? We we didn't really even say yes. They just walked into really our house. said yes. They just kind of came in. Uh-huh. And, and boy. And yeah. That was two hours later. And I said no at least 30 times. Not kidding you. No exaggeration yeah. whatsoever. And we said it in nice ways like... You know, this is a really hey, good Hey, by the product, way, here on the podcast, but... I'd like to thank you so much for leaving me with them. 
She, what does she do? She goes, I got to work in my garden and I can't, you know, you well, said this to okay. me half hours. Been a lot more than that. She gets her stuff and walks out. Yeah, well. So I'm stuck here the, the, with the Kirby vacuum sales lady. The, the reason why, and I was starting to talk about this at the beginning and of the podcast. And this sucks in more ways than one. Okay, the reason why I brought up the rain situation is I looked at the forecast and today was going to be the only day in like mm-hmm. two weeks. Yeah, so where, she leaves me with the. And so I was like, I have the day off of work and <sighs> it's not raining. I need to get a bunch of my gardening done or we aren't going to have vegetables to harvest at harvest time because right. they're not in the ground yet. So I, I had a bunch of weeding to do. So this lady describes everything that a Kirby vacuum cleaner can do. And th- get this, they start off and they hand us, <coughs> she gets it all out of this case and she's starting to demonstrate and we're kind of looking at each other like, this isn't what we want to do today. Here it is, Memorial Day weekend, and they invade our home. Well, get this. She hands me a flyer, and it says all about how awesome the Kirby vacuum cleaner is, all the attachments, blah, 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 blah. And on the top of the page, it's $3,000. Over $3,000. Yeah, okay, over $3,000. So my daughter picks up the flyer. She goes, Dad, that's not so bad. I'm like, what? She thought it said $300 for all of it that it does, you know. And really for that, it actually would have been a great deal. But uh, $3,000. And we're looking at each other like, you know, we just got a vacuum cleaner. And we don't need another one. And what up? You know, and and, uh, she didn't stop. Well, this is the funny part. Two hours into it. I'm so tired of it now. I I didn't want to hear the vacuum anymore. totally tired of the I don't want to hear the lady talking anymore I just want her to leave my house and so we've asked you know hey we've got things to do you said it was gonna be a half hour well I really just said that it would take a half hour for your carpet to dry and anyway long story short she brings in the big guns the the big kahuna Mm -hmm. and he comes in and he tries to sell me on it I'm just looking at him I mean I'm just saying no to all of it and I'm finally I just said you know here's the deal (laughs) you said it'd be a half hour it's been two hours Three thousand dollars. Well, they they go all the way down to one thousand dollars. <laughs> Nothing down, and forty seven dollars a month for three years of my life. Three and I said years no for a vacuum, though. That's kind of crazy. Well, it's not just crazy when you look up how much you can buy one of the Kirby vacuum cleaners for with all the attachments mm-hmm. on eBay. Yeah. Six hundred bucks. Well, so and, you tell me. And on top of that, how many suckers buy a three thousand dollar vacuum? One of my clients offered to give me a Kirby, a Kirby vacuum. That's true. When my vacuum was breaking, Kirby, 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 um, because it's been sitting in their garage forever. Yeah. And I and I I told the lady before she even started demonstrating. I, I said, I've already been offered one of these. I've been offered one of these, but I turned it down because it's too heavy, and I have to take care of my back. <coughs> I can't get, I I can't put this in and out of a car without hurting all my back. Day long without okay, well, hurting okay. my back. Long it's story heavy. short, they cover. <laughs> this girl was so well trained that she took no as a yes every single time, and she just kept going and going till finally you leave me with her. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Well, Andrew. I just want to say thank you. That was really and, a, nice of you. Andrew, our son was I'm being home. very facetious. And, facetious? and I, I facetious. kept on saying, I kept on saying to this lady, um, "Are you almost done? Because um, I have to get out and get my gardening done. Yeah, I've, done... I've been working all week, and and <sighs> this is my only time I can do it. And um, 
and she just keeps on going on and ignores me. Yeah, I know. And, and I don't think now... And so now finally, that, Andrew just yeah. said, Mom, just go do what you need to do. I know. And then he didn't stick around. So it's like, come on now. <laughs> well, it was rude. It was rude to invade So you our leave home. me in the house with this lady vacuuming well, or just she, being nuts. I, I told her, hey, you don't need... Because I thought she had offered to use this dry foam on she our finally floor. She finally did. She finally did. And I kept on saying, you know what? You don't need to do that. My husband and my son need to go on an errand to go pick something up, mm-hmm. and I have gardening to do. Just forget the the cleaning of the carpet because I need all this stuff out so we can go do what we need to do. And yeah. she just kept on ignoring me. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. At one point, she wanted to go into our bedroom. And I had laundry all over my bed to fold. But it didn't, it didn't even it. matter. It's like, no. And you go, no, that's okay. She goes, no, no, let me go right now because I'll get in trouble with my boss. And I'm like, okay, first off, it's our house. Knock it off, lady. But anyway, uh. I, she used every sales trick in the in the book. And then when we finally kept saying no, she finally, and then the big boss came in and I said no to him. He finally goes, okay. So he goes, well, pack up your stuff. Let's go. And and then she turned and she got this look on her face like she was devastated. And then she pouted the entire time she cleaned the carpet. Finally, she finally cleaned the carpet after two hours and uh, cleaned out her equipment and hardly talked to me again and just treated me like a piece of crap. And that's that's part of the sales technique to get you guilty to feel bad. Well, and you didn't even see this part because after you and Andrew left. To... Did they come back again? No, the, the older man. Yeah. Who um, he stood your- with, with the the vacuum in the box <laughs> yeah. for like ten or fifteen no, minutes no. At, by our driveway out on the road. Well, like, you know, it's really interesting. For- they use all the modern techniques now too by calling the sales manager on the cell phone while they're with you, yeah. and and saying, "Oh, hey, ah, you know, hey, is the contest going on? Did the boy? Did Rick? They just love the vacuum. They really want one." And I'm like. I don't want one. You keep saying I want one, but I don't really want one. And and she was she just kept doing all this stuff, and then they'd you, offer you, you a lower it, price. Do you think it's it's supposed to be like mind control? Like if if they it's a sales say that we yeah. really want one, that, that we'll really enough. want one, yeah. Well, and now we're we're kind of sounding down on Kirby vacuums. I won't buy it, one now. It's a it is they turned me off to it. It is a good product, but I don't like their sales tech. No, they turned me off completely. And even though it's a good product, I wouldn't buy one for myself because it would kill my back. Well, we already heard that. So yeah, and I told her that even before she opened the box. Well, let's just say this: from now on, from now on, we We are not having any door-to-door salespeople in our house ever ever again. again. We will barricade the door. I won't barricade the door. I'll just be completely rude and mean. Well, see, that, that's the only thing they listen the to. Thing is, I'm we a nice try, guy. We both try to be nice people. They even played the Christian card by telling us what church they went to, and that she was going on a mission trip. So I you know. know what I did? Oh, this is so funny. My <laughs> wife, what a sucker for. I, I gave I gave her ten dollars for her mission trip and some cookies <laughs> and, and some cookies, and it's like. God bless you going on a mission trip, but I'm not going to buy a $3,000 vacuum. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't feel the least bit guilty. I did, I knew from the very beginning I wasn't going to buy one because we just got a yeah, new vacuum. we just got one, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, maybe it's not as, as powerful as that one, but... Yeah. So everybody it, out there, if you, by the way, if you're a Kirby salesperson, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. I, I don't really mean to ditz on you. Your product is great. 
But um, it, and it, it's the sales probably, technique just It's probably sucked. not the, the and people. And I mean that with pun intended. It, it's been, it's probably how they were taught to manipulate people. I don't really care. And I don't really like being lied to and manipulated. No. So that's We've just We've been not lied and manipulated thing. enough on other things. We don't need that. Yeah. I just don't care for that. I kind of wish my dog was big and would bite people, but it doesn't. And it's not. <laughs> no. She, she just, just wanted wants to play to ball. Play. <laughs> she wanted to play ball. The girl's on her hands and knees pushing foam all over our carpet and the dog is running up and licking her face. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awful it's hilarious yeah yeah well anyway i can't believe i guess we needed to unload about the kirby sales i guess we did we missed out on all the cool things that i did for work this week i did a a a big uh, three commercials for a company that gave me uh paid me well and then paid me a bonus which was really nice that was really sweet but the bonus wasn't big enough for kirby vacuum (laughs) it was nowhere near Three thousand dollars, not even close. Yeah, but uh, I also but did. It so- was really nice. I mean, that was that really made you feel appreciated, though. Yeah, they really liked my that stuff. That was very sweet. Of them. And I may get a contract to do some of their other stuff. They're a funny company called um, Stink Bath Bombs, and they do like um, you know like how some people use bath beads in their bathtubs. Yeah. Well, these are really unique and weird, kind of like Jones Soda, except. Except not drinkable. For your bath. So they have different different smells like beer, champagne, uh, not just alcoholic Chocolate stuff, but they have covered strawberries. That actually sounded really good. Bacon, fruit, maple syrup, Fruit Loops. Fruit now, Loops. Now, one thing I can't figure out uh-huh. is why would you take a bath in anything that smelled like bacon? Well, maybe or some... beer. Okay, well, yeah, now just think about this beer for a minute. Beer smells like throw up. Some men really <laughs> like beer. And they want to smell like throw up. Well, for instance, our friend, no, <laughs> for instance, our friend Meds. Yes. He's going to, he's actually got a cool new podcast coming out where they try different brews. <laughs> that uh-huh. sounds like and, Meds. And I think if I could save the money up, I may just send him a bath, a stink bath bomb beer bomb. And he could, he could, smell he, like he or Natalie. <laughs> Could take a bath in beer and be very pleased with that. Ew. I mean, you can't drink it. You'd throw up. Yeah. But you could smell like They're it. Just you could smell like bacon. Like you could bath smell salt like. Um, they have everything. The, every kind of. The Fruit Loops or the strawberries and chocolate sounded better to me than, than some of those other I don't know. Ones. I don't bacon. know. I, I don't know if I'd want to sleep with Fruit Loops. Well, it'd be better than smelling like bacon or beer or uh, pancakes. Yeah, they had a pancake one. Huh? Yeah, they do. They have several really strange ones. Huh. But you know what? A very I'm, creative company. Oh, the one I want to do the commercial on is it's <laughs> it's called the Knocked Up Bomb. And guess what it is? Pickles and ice cream. Absolutely. Three pickle <laughs> bombs and three ice cream bombs. No kidding. Mm, take a little bath in dill pickle. I, yeah, that doesn't sound... So anyway, I worked for them and had a great time. It was really fun, actually. The ice cream might not be bad if it smelled like vanilla. I did did three character voices and then music and everything else. It was hilarious. I used a theremin. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. What's a theremin? What is a... Did you really ask me that? Uh Uh-oh. Is that that the sci-fi sound? Yeah, it's the one that goes... That one. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I, I guess I maybe knew that and forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I did that work, and then I also worked for AppliantZone.com uh, for a, a advertisement for them. And I also did uh, worked on an intro for Med's new podcast, did a jazz piece, which was a lot of fun. Um, what else? I also worked on uh, Alan Joyce for putting out a brand new podcast. And uh, I will tell you when they do, they're going to send me a promo for it and we'll talk about it, but it's really cool. So I got to do intros for them and an extra for them and a bunch of other stuff this week. It was a really busy week. So that's cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I did two websites. Yeah. Well, well. Go to org. Yeah. Or AberdeenArtWalk.com. There you go. That's what happened at our house. We probably have a whole bunch more, but you know what? It's really late now. It is late, and we're going to play... Um, do you want to set this up, or of... do you want me to? Go ahead. You set it up, because well, I talk for, okay. for a half hour. I I think that... Do you read the whole chapter, yeah. the third chapter of Ruth? Yeah. And he talks about it. And, <laughs> and that's what it is. This and, is great. What and... great preparation. <laughs> My husband reads the third chapter of Ruth <laughs> and talks about it. Well, well yeah, yeah, they but know that. One thing about it, though, is that you do Jeez. review the first two chapters at the beginning. So no, I don't. I cut it out. You cut out the review? Well, why do you know what? The one thing I hate, hate with a capital H, is when I'm listening to a podcast or listening to a preacher. And every week they recap what they've been talking about. Because there's, I mean, it's like, I was there. But, I heard this but already. But what if someone just starts listening this week? Well, here's what you say. Folks, if you haven't caught the last couple episodes where we cover chapter one and two of Ruth, you can download it right off our website or go to iTunes and download it and listen to it because it's really good information. And as it progresses, it makes a lot more sense. So why don't you go back and listen to them? Okay. <laughs> How do I do? Do what he said. <laughs> You're good. Like, you the microphone. Don't be so loud. If you haven't listened... I mean, yeah. What he said. What he said. <laughs> Jeez. But no, because I think that people think, you know, I hate being treated like a moron. You know, here's what we talked about last week because you weren't paying attention. So, you know, whatever. Well, sometimes review is good, but that's That was fine. one of the alien voices, by the way. Kind of sarcastic. Yeah, you talk like this. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, how would I know? I don't have a nose. I can't smell. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, that was one of the aliens. So why don't you play voice. play the play your the, your little talk you did My little about talk I did. the third chapter of Ruth, Gosh. and then we can close and let people have some peace in their lives and get away from. Sorry, we annoyed everybody this week. <laughs> Everything annoying that I annoyed myself this week. That's pretty bad when That's I annoy myself. Pretty bad because it takes a bad. lot to annoy myself. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Doesn't take much to annoy you, though, does it? Nope. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really, we're not smoking anything. <laughs> Honest. We're just kind of loopy because we're, no, we're tired. We're just smoking the airwaves. Smoking airwaves. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, here you go. I'm going to get serious for a minute. This is the third chapter of Ruth, and uh, I entitled this one Cold Feet. Ah, and, we'll and you'll find out when why. you listen. <laughs> yes, you will. And we'll be back at the end to uh, say hi for just a moment and introduce, <laughs> introduce next week's program. And hopefully by then we won't be completely hysterically idiot.
Oh, and also you're not an idiot. I am. Right? Also, for those of you in the United Never States, your wife an idiot. Thank you. And for those of you in the United States, this is Memorial Day weekend, and what are we supposed to say about we that? We just want to say it. Thank you for all of the people who have yeah. given their lives to make our country free. That would be Veterans Day. Nope. And Memorial Day. Well, Veterans Day is for people the. That oh, you're have right. You're right. That are still, that are still alive. alive. Okay, that's right. And that's Memorial right. Day is Pardon remembering me. those who gave their and, lives. And for I do us. very much appreciate those folks. And uh, and it's also I remember the folks that have gone on before me and my family too. So yeah, even though someone posted on Facebook that it's not supposed to be about anybody other than military. Oh, and like and like we take everything that's posted on Facebook as the gospel truth. So. So anyway, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? I don't care if I want to remember the people that I love and care about mm-hmm. that aren't here anymore. I can do that. So, yeah, they're to you, Facebook. Traditionally, in our family, unfriend, click. No, traditionally in our family, <laughs> on Memorial Day weekend, we've usually gone up and taken flowers. We're, we're still talking. We are, but we've decorated. So, the in graves. the words of Spock, as he's mind melding with McCoy in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. He says, he said, I was going to do the invitation. (laughs) Okay, think of an old guy with his hands all wrinkly up against McCoy's face, and McCoy's got a really weird look on his face. And Spock says, Remember. There you go. Okay. Okay, here's Ruth chapter three (laughs) on Take Him With You. Chapter 3, verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you that it may be well with you? Stop for a moment. She's just, remember what we, I I guess I need to leave you with like last week in chapter 2, the very end of chapter 2, what had happened is Ruth had come back from the field she had brought back with her an ephah, which is about five and a half gallons of barley, unprocessed. She brought that back uh, to the house, and she also brought a doggy bag full of some really yummy barley that had already been processed and they'd eaten for lunch, and she got some extra. And so she had presented this to Naomi. They discovered that they knew who Boaz was. Naomi was very excited. She's being provided for. They were excited. They ate together. It was really good. And now she's talking to Ruth, so that's where we're at. So she says, now Boaz, verse 2, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he's finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies and you shall go in, uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. You know, I think we need to listen to wise people. In our culture, We would do well to listen to the seasoned, godly people among us. They've seen things we haven't, and they've been in places that we have not. And isn't it so easy to believe that we know everything? 
I mean, I don't know, when I got to be about 16 years old, I thought I knew everything. And then when I became about 21, I realized I knew nothing. But that window there, I don't know what it was. But even in life, sometimes I think I really know what's up, and I don't. I go to the Bible for wisdom, but you know what? I love to talk to men and women that are seasoned, godly people, because they always show me a different angle on things, and it's the greatest. I recommend that you listen to godly people in your life. They're there for a reason. And sometimes in our culture, I think we disregard and say, well, they're old-fashioned, or they're just this way, or their style is different than my style. Who cares about style? I want the substance. I want to hear what people have to say, because that thing that they have to say could very well be God speaking through them to you. And it's very important that we keep our hearts open and receiving from the people around us. That's why it's important on who you surround yourself with. Young people, I look over like this, even though everybody here is young, it looks like you're young. Young people, make sure your friends are godly people. Because guess what? You'll be like the people you hang out with. Old people, make sure your friends are godly people because you'll be like who you hang out with. It's very true. I remember my grandma. She was one of the coolest people. (laughs) And I got to spend a lot of time with her before she passed away. And she would tell the same stories over and over. And that was okay, because I liked hearing them. And every once in a while, I'd hear a new story that I'd never heard before. She had so much wisdom in her, and I just loved spending time with her. I remember one time, um, I knew that she, she was kind of going downhill health-wise, and it was, it was kind of scary. So I wrote her a poem. And in the poem, I talked about um, her cookie jar that was always open. But in between the make, talking about the cookie, I talked about the different things of wisdom that she had given me over the years, things that I had learned from her. And I wrote it up, and it was when computers were first out. This is really old, isn't it? And, and, uh, and they had a thing called the word processor. It was so cool. And you could type it, you push a button, you know, the monochrome screen, and it would like spit out on a dot matrix printer. That was so cool. So I wrote it out. I put the poem on there, and I framed it, and I took it to her. And she bawled like a baby when I gave it to her because she said, I didn't think anybody listened to me. But you know what? We do. If we're open and, and we listen, we will learn wisdom. And it's so, so important. So Naomi, she is a pro here. She is a veteran. She understands the culture. She understands the times. And Naomi knows what the rules are. So she knows that if someone is widowed, that the closest male relative has the first dibs on the land that the widow owns and the widow herself. Now they know that Boaz is a relative and is kind and has noticed Ruth, and Ruth has every right, because of their culture, to go and actually ask Boaz to take her as his wife. And now she's going to be very vulnerable and she's going to attempt to secure her future. And she's headed, crazy enough, to the threshing floor. Now, how many know what a threshing floor is? Maybe a few of us. Let me explain what a threshing floor is. I always thought, for some reason I had this weird thing in my head, that a threshing floor was a building that... um, that they put all the grain in and beat it up and then got the grain grain out. I didn't know what it was. So I, I went and I researched all about threshing floors, and I found a very, very interesting thing. A threshing floor is simply a flat surface of rock or wood or hard surface 
that's rather large, maybe sometimes in a circular pattern, could be a square, um, but it's up on top of a hill with, there's no, uh, there's no walls because this is how it works. This is so cool. Remember we saw in chapter two, they were out in the field and they were cutting down the stalks of barley. Remember that? They were cutting them down and they were harvesting. Well, you gotta do something with what you harvest. It doesn't, you don't just go and, hey, let's have some alfalfa for dinner, mom. You know, it's, you don't do it that way. There's actually a process. So they cut the stuff down, they bring it in and they throw it down onto the threshing floor. Then they either, depending on how much money they have or the equipment that they have, they either jump up and down on it and run around on it and go crazy on top of it and bounce up and down on it, or they bring their oxen in and have them jump up and down on it and go all around on it, or they have some type of a tool or heavy object that they carry across it and it crushes and it, and it, uh, and it loosens up and it breaks the, the fruit or the, or the grain from the stalk. Then they take these big wooden pitchforks and, and this is, I think, one of the reasons that, they, that traditionally they didn't have women at the threshing floors because um, it was really a messy task and really cra- got really crazy. And the guys would all together get in this big circle and they'd take the, the, the pitchfork, the wood pitchfork, and they'd pick up the grain that had been smashed and everything and they'd throw it up in the air. Imagine, if you've ever worked in hay, that had to have been one itchy, scratchy mess. And they'd throw it up in the air and the wind would come along and it would blow the light chaff and the, and the stalk and stuff away and the grain would fall to the ground. And that didn't happen in just one shot. I mean, you went like that and a little bit of it went, but then you'd have to do it again. And they, so it was a whole lot of threshing going on. And they just would go for hours and the stuff would fly all the way until finally they would have big piles of grain or barley on the threshing floor. And that's what they did. So... Ruth's on her way to the threshing floor. Now, that's going to have significance in a moment when I, when I tell you about what that means. Ruth could have taken up a young man, a nice, good-looking hunk out in the fields. She could have gone to the Jerusalem dating service, J-Harmony or something, I don't know. But she didn't. She knows that Boaz is, we don't know how much older he was, but he was a lot older than she was. So here's this pretty young woman who, by the way, remember Naomi said, take a shower, girl, put on your perfume, and go impress this man. So she's all ready. She's prepared herself. And she knows that if she married somebody other than Boaz... That Elimelech's name, remember Elimelech was, was Naomi's husband, that his lineage and his name would stop because remember his two sons had died. So if she married somebody else, that line of Elimelech's um, genealogy would stop. It would stop. And she knows this. And remember, she's promised to Naomi, I am going to be with you no matter what. And there's something there. There's some great faithfulness going on there. So if she married somebody else, Naomi would have been discarded. So the only way that this could happen, that Naomi would be taken care of, is if Ruth married somebody from Naomi's family. So Ruth still had Naomi in mind as she was thinking about the future. Again, we find Ruth very unselfish and honoring. 
And this is such a great type and shadow of Jesus. I mean, we realize that we ourselves are fatherless. We've been abandoned by the world. And those that seek out a redeemer are the ones that find him. And Ruth does something that tradition says is crazy. People thought Ruth was crazy. Here she is. She's headed to, this is an old man she's going out to seduce. I mean, no, she's not going to seduce him. But she's going after him. Got to bear say that right. She, she, she had lots of integrity. I don't know what her perfume smelled like, but it got his attention. Let's just put it that way. So she's on her way. People think she's crazy, I'm sure. She probably is doubting herself, thinking, what am I doing? But she knows what she's going to do is right. I love the fact that it's happening on a threshing floor. She's going to a place where grain is separated from the chaff, a place that separates the usable from the unusable. She's personally risking her reputation because she so badly needs redemption. Do you remember what it was like when you realized it doesn't matter what my friends think? I don't care anymore about what my uncle so-and-so thinks about me. I need Jesus. And Ruth's at that point. It doesn't matter. She is desperate for provision. She's desperate for that relationship. So everything else doesn't matter. She's risking it. And not just for herself, but for Naomi too. She wants to be used again, to have a family, to move forward, to see fruit again. And again, we see all these great qualities in action that I long for. We see initiative. We see faithfulness. We see honor and respect. We see patience. Man, aren't those incredible qualities? I want, I want those qualities in my life. Ruth has those qualities. Verse 6. <laughs> so she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was cheerful. I'm sorry, I put that in. And he, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. I love God's timing here. I mean, isn't it true? Folks that are married, let me ask you a question. When is the best time, ladies, to get your husband's attention? It's after you fed him a nice meal. Isn't it? Have you noticed that? I won't go into any more detail. <clears throat> but I will say this. Communication is a tricky thing. Again, she's taking the advice of Naomi, who understands. And I think many times what we have to say is oftentimes misunderstood by our timing and the way we present it. Some of us, me included, need more wisdom on when do we speak up and when do we shut up. And I think God is giving some wisdom here to Ruth. There's a lot of speculation as to why Naomi told her to uncover Boaz's feet. I mean, you wouldn't believe all the different theories that are out there. 
But I suspect it was because his feet got cold and it startled him awake. I mean, first off, he wasn't sleeping in the barn. He was sleeping on the threshing floor next to his grain. And it was windy and it was probably cold. And when his feet was uncovered, how many, if your feet get uncovered, it's windy and cold, you're going to wake up too. (laughs) She needs to get his attention. And it actually works. (laughs) He wakes up and he finds this nice, smelling, pretty lady at his feet. Let me ask you a question. When you want something, are you entreating or demanding? See, I'm much more quick to listen to someone that entreats me than someone who demands from me. And you know what the difference is? Entreating is coming and saying, you know, I've got this idea. Can I talk to you about it? And kind of talking in, in a calm sort of way and, 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 uh, and giving an idea and, and discussing it. Demanding is different. Can you imagine if Ruth would have gone in with a big needle and just about the time he fell asleep, whips up the blanket and goes, Pank! Marry me or die! <laughs> Boaz would have gone, Take a hike, chick. You're not, you're not touching me. Get out of here. But that's not what he did, is it? That's not what she did. She entreated him. Now, I don't know about uncovering his feet. I, Amy, don't get my attention by uncovering my feet. That's kind of weird. But... I guess that was some wisdom there. He woke up, apparently. (laughs) I mean, how do we treat God? I think sometimes we mistakenly try to demand things from him. And you know, I've read lots of scripture. And I I mean, I've, I've read lots of scripture, and I have prayed a lot. But I think coming boldly to the throne of grace doesn't mean barging in and telling God what to do. Can I be so bold as to say that? I don't think that's right. I think it means having confidence that what we're asking, he can do. And he's generous. In James chapter 4, the Bible tells us that sometimes we ask with the wrong motives. And that's why we're not getting results. The answer isn't trying to force God to do something. The answer is to position ourselves under the fountain of his grace. Remember last week? We want to be under the fountain. And that's a whole lot different than demanding things and holding God hostage. Guess what? You can't do that. Doesn't work. Sometimes we don't get the results we want because we're demanding when we should be entreating. And take that across life. Ruth again makes herself available by laying down at his feet, ready to communicate and serve him if so desires. She prepared herself and made herself available. And let me ask you a question prophetically this morning in your own life. Have you prepared yourself and have you made yourself available to God? People say, well, God doesn't use me. I say, well, where are you? Ooh, that gets really quiet because people go, oh, that's right. I don't really come around too much. Huh. Have you been seeking out what God wants for you? Well, no, I'm so busy with my this or my that. All right. Prepare yourself and make yourself available. Can you imagine if Ruth would have woken up or gone home? She'd worked really hard that day. And Naomi, you know, she goes, man, girl, you stink. Take a shower. You know, okay, what do you want to do tonight? Let's play Scrabble. Watch a movie or something. But that's not what they did. 
Naomi says, look it, clean yourself up, put on your best dress, and I got a job for you. And Ruth doesn't go, oh, but mom, I'm so tired. I worked all day. She didn't do that. She went, you know what? I'm going to do what you say because I think this is going to be good. Shouldn't we be the same? So verse 8, now it happened. (laughs) I love this part. It happened at midnight that the man was startled and he turned himself. And there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? I just found that funny. I got to thinking about it. Reality is, they didn't have electric lights. They probably didn't have a Coleman lantern sitting there on the threshing floor. Because didn't Boaz just work with Ruth that day? So he knows who she is. And how does he know she's a woman? It's pitch black. He smells her. (laughs) He goes, certainly men are not wearing perfume at this point in time. And, and then he doesn't know who it is, so he says, who are you? And she answers. Can you imagine? She answered, I'm Ruth, your maidservant. Now, I love this part. She goes for it. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Which is basically, marry me and you can have my land. Ha <laughs> ha. That's pretty cool. Talk about a tense moment, though. Talk about a weird moment for Ruth. Here is where she risked rejection in order for provision and security. This is real faith and real action right here. And any time you follow after what is right, you're going to run the risk of rejection. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I have weighed what Scripture says versus what I want to do and then said, you know, what I want to do would be much easier. How many of you have been there? Man, I'll tell you what, it is not easy to go, all right, I'm going to do what Scripture says and what's right. Even if it means people aren't going to understand. Even if it means people won't like me anymore. That's a hard, that was a hard thing for me to come to grips with because I want everybody to like me. One of the biggest things I, I've been dealing with in counseling is not worrying about what people think about me. Because sometimes some of us can have a real problem with that. I mean, I, I'm speaking from experience. And coming out of that and realizing that the most important person is God, it's a miracle in my life. And I don't know where you're at, but I'll tell you what, God is really the only one that we need to make sure we are pleasing. And you know what? Then, then everything else falls into line. And God can help us. But the end result for Ruth outweighed the uncomfortable feeling at the moment. Nobody likes confrontation. But it has to be done if you ever want to move forward. Just staying home wouldn't have achieved anything. And I would imagine that her stomach had butterflies. She was on edge. She wasn't even supposed to be there. But she was available. In the last many months, I've had meetings with people that I did not want to meet with. (laughs) I mean, I risk rejection, being uncomfortable and misunderstood, but I did it anyway. And honestly, I didn't want to, but my desire for doing what's right and honoring God has to come first. And if there's one thing I've learned in the last year, it's that fear of man is a snare. God is the one that we should be more concerned about. 
our self-importance or anyone else's self-importance is just that, self-importance. God's word is the most important. And God's word, there's no classes of people. We're all the same before the eyes of the Lord. He's no respecter of persons. In fact, he calls us to serve one another, but never to dominate one another. And sometimes we can be held hostage by what we think others think of us. And here's Ruth breaking out. Talk about, she is a a true liberated lady. She's breaking out of all the stuff and doing what God wants. And I've been able to sleep at night knowing that what I've done is right and pleasing in God's sight. It takes courage, it takes guts, and Ruth knew that by going for the gusto here, she could be taken advantage of and hurt. But she did it anyway because it was the right thing to do. So let me ask you today, is there anything or anyone that you need to make things right with? Have you been avoiding the confrontation? Maybe you're just scared of talking to that person. Maybe we should pray, seek out a godly person's advice like Naomi, and then talk to who we need to. Or maybe you're here today and you don't even have a relationship with Christ. You're not a Christian. And you need to get things right by going to God and entreating him. Saying, God, I need you. I need you in my heart. I need to get right with you. I can, I can only imagine Ruth's anticipation here. I mean, Boaz could do three different things. Are you ready? And you might be thinking this if you're contemplating giving your heart to Christ. He could either take advantage of her and abuse her. Or he could reject her and expose her. Or he could do what he does. He loves, covers, and blesses her. Do you remember coming to Christ? I remember it. It was such a weird thing. I I toyed with the idea for a long time. And I'll never forget thinking that if I give my heart to Christ... It's going to be like a cult thing because I, you know, I was raised in a place where if you were extreme, if you really loved God, you were re- you're weird. But what I found when I really gave my heart to Christ is he did exactly what Boaz does for Ruth. He loved me, he covered me, and he blessed me. Whew. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that cool to know? God loves us. He cares about us. Verse 10. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, For you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. See, he understands the sacrifice that Ruth has made here. He understands what's going on. And he's going, wow, I thought you were cool before. Now I really think you're cool. Verse 11, and now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. See, Boaz realizes that Ruth's motives are so pure here. She's wanting not only to be blessed, but she wants to bless Naomi. And even bigger, she doesn't even realize this yet. She's going to give birth to the grandfather of David. The lineage of Christ. That is pretty cool. Boaz says the words that Ruth is longing to hear. 
all of her effort seems to have been worth it. You remember when you first gave your heart to Christ and you just you experienced that, that love and that warmth from him and you, you long to hear, I accept you, I receive you. It's been worth it. All that pain, all that craziness of, of should I serve him, shouldn't I? Shouldn't I? I don't know. I, okay, I'm gonna do it. That is worth it. Verse 12. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good. Let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. So lie down until morning. Oh, and isn't this true? It's not exactly what Ruth wants to hear because now it's going to have to require patience. I think only doctors like patience because I certainly don't enjoy it. It's so hard to pray for patience because then you know you will get opportunities to have it. But we all need it. But I, can th- I think we can learn something from that. I know sometimes I'll pray and I'll expect big fireworks and a sign in the heavenlies, but it's not what I get. Most of the time I get this. Wait for it. Hold it. Timing's not right. Wait for it. See, God sees from a different perspective than we do. We don't always see the bigger picture, but he does. And Ruth apparently didn't know about this closer relative. And for a moment... I would bet that her heart started beating and she started panicking a little bit. What do you mean there's someone else? (sighs) But Boaz immediately comforts her and says, let's do the right thing here. I'll take care of it. I mean, he could, folks, he could have taken advantage of her. This is pitch black, a beautiful young woman at his feet, smelling nice. He could have done what he wanted. But he was a man of integrity. And she was a, a woman of integrity. And he does what is so awesome. He comforts her, and he says, look it, I have some things that I need to do to make this official. Ruth had to trust again that she'd done the right thing. I'm sure she second-guessed and said, oh my gosh, Naomi didn't tell me about someone else. This is a little embarrassing. My goodness, I got on my best dress. I'm lying at his feet. For goodness sakes, I'm on the threshing floor. Things may not have gone like she wanted, but she still stays and follows through, believing in faith that Boaz will come through for her. You know, when you first put your faith in Christ, many people expect things to just instantly get better. But you know what? We didn't get this, over, this way overnight, and we're not going to get better overnight. The only thing that happens instantaneously is that God saves us. All the rest of it takes some time. And we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But that's what grace is all about. Jesus is going to bat for us when we didn't even deserve it. Boaz is going to bat for Ruth. So have patience. Verse 14. So she laid his feet until morning, and she arose before one could recognize another. And then he said, Do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also he said, Bring your shawl that is on you and hold it. And and when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. Now, I did some calculating, and I thought, either Ruth is a bodybuilder in disguise, because that would be like over 300 pounds. I'm like, how did she do that? Either she had really good muscles or whatever, because it's five and a half gallons in ephah. So I don't know how it all translates. Let's just put it this way. He gave her a lot. 
She filled her shawl, and I don't know how big her shawl was, but it had to have been big, and she carried it home. (laughs) So Boaz not only says he's going to bat for her, but now he provides for her and Naomi. He gives her a little taste of what it's like if she becomes his. It reminds me of that great scripture, come and taste that the Lord is good. You know, I remember when I first got noticed Jesus. I kind of toyed with the idea of serving him, but he was so faithful to me, he started to bless me even before I gave my total commitment to him. It was absolutely amazing. And church, even while we're seeking him, he's providing. He's taking care of all the areas of our church that need attention. While we seek him, he is preparing a way. He's providing right now, but ladies and gentlemen, it gets better from here. Verse 16. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, is that you, my daughter? Again, I just think that's funny. These people need candles or something. And then she, maybe it was because she had a big, huge thing of stuff in her shawl. I don't know. Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave me, for he said to me, do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Oh, this is so cool. You ready for this? Naomi saw the fruit of Ruth's obedience displayed in the generosity of Boaz. Boy, there's a key there. Naomi gets to see the witness of a generous man of God by how he blesses Ruth and her. Not just for Ruth, but for Naomi as well. Things are turning out great, but there's always a risk. I mean, intimate relationships require risk. Being vulnerable to God is never regretful. The more we open ourselves to God, the more we can hear him and understand his word. He provides for anyone who will call upon his name. All right, the last part. Verse 18. Then she said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until until he has concluded this matter, or the matter this day. I got to thinking about that. There must have been a whole conversation that took place before that last verse. Can you imagine Ruth coming home? First of all, she comes home, and Naomi would have said, wait a minute, what are you doing home? I thought you were going to go and uh, be married here. What's the deal? What's going on? You know, and I'm sure they had this talk, and I'm sure, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm reading more into this than I ought, but, but Ruth was like, <laughs> but Naomi, there's this other guy, and it might be him that I have to marry. And, blah, blah. and it was like just like an episode out of Bethlehem, as Bethlehem Turns, like a soap opera. You know, I'm sure she was like, whoa, and what about this? What about that? What about this? Because Naomi says, whoa, 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 whoa. Be still. Again, wisdom is speaking to the youth. Listen. Be still and know Boaz is a man of his word. If he says he'll take care of it, he'll take care of it. And doesn't that speak to our own heart? If Jesus says we can make it, we can make it. Sit still and let God do what he wants to do. When we come to Christ, we have to believe that he's going to take care of us. He has the best intentions for us. We can only do what God has asked us to do, and the rest is truly up to him. He has gone to bat for us, and he's ready to bless us and take us into his family. He'll provide for us. He will and has paid the price for us. And be sure of this, God will come through.
He knows what we need and when we need it. Don't give up. Don't faint. Get ready. Stay strong and wait because the good news is about to come. There you go. That was a, actually a sermon I preached about five years ago. You really had your preach on. I think maybe it was four years ago. Four or five. Yeah, it was five. You had your preach on, man. I don't know if I really was pre- preaching. <laughs> I was, you know what? I, I, I am a communicator, and that wasn't, I mean, I do maybe do a little bit different than I would if I was talking like this, but uh, I think it's just information that I wanted to get across. I'm, I'm passionate about it, but um mm-hmm. I think that this this particular story is really encouraging to all of us. And even if you aren't, uh, you know, a church going person, I think you can get a lot out of this. In fact, we got a really nice uh, uh, tweet mm-hmm. from one of our friends um, over in the UK that um, said, you know, I, as an agnostic, I've never really even heard the the story of Ruth, and and uh, I've been enjoying it. So you know, people, that's that's the whole reason we do this podcast. It's not really a religious podcast per se. That's not what we're trying to get across. But in this particular series, we are playing some of my sermons. And so uh, we've got one more to go for next week. Yeah. And, and it'll wrap and up think, the, the book of Ruth. I think that Ruth, like you pointed out in your sermon, um, Ruth had some outstanding character traits that we can Well, even especially when she was at. gleaning, because she was outstanding in her field. Oh, no. Okay, we better get off before you get totally punny. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, that this I thought was a really really interesting look at uh chapter 3 and and the fact that, you know, we can we have a lot of good things in store for us if we'll move forward. And a lot of times people yeah. don't. They they just live in the past well, or they live in the or they or they're I don't know, they're miserable where they're at, but they don't want to do anything to get past it. And I've been there. I've done that before. I can't remember if where I read this, but it was so good. It said, you can't go on to the la- next chapter in your life if you keep rereading the last one. So, you know, sometimes we go through times in our lives that are painful or... You know, just heavy times, and it's tempting to just keep on reliving those. It is. And, you know, like... It's easy to do. You know, like Naomi, when when they said last week, don't call me Naomi, call me, you know, bitter or something, something you know. Yeah, I'm a bitter old lady. But you know what? She was. I think sometimes there there is a season for grief where you're just pretty down. Yeah. But at the same time, that's she, normal in life. She was able to start looking forward and start yeah. advising Ruth. You know, and this I think will... it helped to have have Ruth come along by her side and be faithful. And there's supported. a really great book. Not only is Ruth a great book in the Bible, but mm-hmm. there's a really good book called Who Moved My Cheese. Yeah. Really, really great book. Very and similar. We may, I mean, I've already covered it a little bit in, in the uh, podcast way back when in the archives, but you and I might cover that mm-hmm. after this series, talk a little bit about Who Moved My Cheese, because 
it really is helpful for moving forward in, in our lives. And it comes from a different perspective than the Bible does, but it has very mm-hmm. biblical has principles. Another book that I think may have been written by a Christian, and I can't remember who the author is, but it's really good, but it's called Life After Loss. And it was a really good book about um, how to move forward. I I think that there are several, um, yeah. several like... Um, Celebrate recovery kind of groups sometimes use that there, book. And there's also, you know, in the public school a lot, the uh, grade schoolers will come home and their hair will be infested. And the book um, Life After Lice is also an excellent resource. You're getting the hairy eyeball now, mister. <sighs> <sighs> People also, pray, also pray for me now. You know. Also, what those I have people that lose their with. lose their nail polish. Life after gloss. That's also a very tough book, but uh, worth the read. You know. <clears throat> or and especially sometimes me after people, getting my tooth pulled. Life after floss. Sometimes people call you. What are you and, doing? What did you just drop? Oh, oh, that was my drink. That was your drink. That's the optimum word. Was was my ice. It's now all over the floor. Yeah, it is. And it's probably gonna be cold on my feet. Yeah. Well, um. We better go. We better go. But uh, should we pray for everybody before? Yeah. I don't know. Should we pray for everybody before we go? I I think they need to pray for us. We're being pretty (laughs) goofy this week. Yes, I'm going insane. Going. Oh, you're real funny. You're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Mercy. Yeah, so be praying for us and we'll pray for you right now. Do you need me to pray so that we don't have any puns in our prayer? <laughs> I don't pray punny. Okay, you can pray normal. God already knows all the puns. He's he gives them to me, right? Oh, I'm not Did sure. Did I just blame that on God? I'm not sure if you can blame that on God. I think it might be the other guy that gives you are the you, puns. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Okay. Puns are not satanic. Uh, they can be pretty annoying, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Go ahead, Derek. Lord, thank you that you are so awesome to us and that you care about us so much. God, I just thank you for the book of Ruth and how it wouldn't, on the on the onset, it wouldn't you wouldn't think that it would do anything good for us, you know, just reading the story, but there is so much insight into the, to the story and about our own lives. And God, we don't want to be people that just stay in a rut. We don't want to be people that stay stuck back in the in the past. We really do want to be people that not only deal with the past but go forward and deal with what's ahead. And I mean not and and what's right now. We want to be people that care about others and that make a difference. And so thank you God uh, for all of the things that we're learning and how you're helping us grow. God, we pray for every one of our listeners um, regardless of what they believe or where they're at or what's going on. We just pray that you would bless them and that you keep them safe and that you would open their heart to all that you have for them, God. Uh, We know, um, Amy and I know, that you have created them for good things. And we pray that they would know the peace that comes with knowing you. And we just thank you again for all that you're doing. We we really appreciate um, being able to do the podcast and and being able to meet friends from all around the world. Thank you, Lord, for everything now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. You can get a hold of us, by the way. If you'd like to write to us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, my email is rick at takingwithyou.com. 
Mine is amy at takeinwithyou.com. As always, you can get hold of us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rick.moyer. Or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. Or you can get a hold of me on Twitter at moyer777. Or you can see our blog, video blog, at youtube.com slash rickmoyer777. Oh, and of course, you visit the website at takeinwithyou.com. Dot com. Okay. There you go. Yes, I'm sorry for, for us being so goofy tonight. No, you're not. You're not sorry? No, you're not. I'm not? No. Oh. Why would you be sorry for being so fun? Well, the Bible says a merry heart works good like a medicine, so you guys just had a booster shot tonight of our merriness. <laughs> <laughs> our mer- Take two and call me in the morning. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. Yep. And thanks, by the way, to all those who have donated to the podcast. We really appreciate that, too. Very, very helpful, especially nowadays. Thank you. Yep. Goodbye. And until next time, make sure you keep your milk in the refrigerator. Live long and prosper. You do a Trek reference and I do a Julia Childs reference? (laughs) Something is wrong with us. Bye, everybody. Bye. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by Jewelbeat.com My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth to share that passion with others. That's right. 
On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures, and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort, or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. So, after our great friends Rick and Amy have enlightened you on their awesome podcast, Take Him With You, why not give us a listen? You'll be happy you did. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a, a Mickey, Mickey Day. day. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com.